Welcome to the ETAP Podcast, a service of the American Association of State Highway and Transportation Officials. Each month, we'll provide information and insight into environmental issues important to state transportation officials. Thanks so much for joining us on Ashto's ETAP Podcast. My name is Bernie Wagenblast. I can't hear myself think. Most of us have either heard or tossed out this frustrated exclamation as a result of a hectic, noisy situation. Although a euphemism, this feeling can have significant impacts on health outcomes for those exposed to continuous harmful noise. From loss of sleep to loss of hearing, noise can pose a real threat. Recent studies have even identified a possible link between noise exposure and dementia. Traffic noise is a major contributor to noise pollution that fuels these negative health outcomes. Tires hitting pavement make up the majority of highway noise. Better modeling and barriers can work to mitigate this for folks living near areas with high levels of noise, and DOT practitioners are working towards such solutions for all affected. Joining us on the podcast today is Noel Alcala, Noise and Air Quality Coordinator at the Ohio Department of Transportation. Noel also heads the Ashto Noise Working Group, which operates under the Committee on Environment and Sustainability. The Noise Working Group convenes state DOTs and promotes discourse on and works in reducing traffic noise and its negative effects. Noel, glad to have you on the Ashto ETAP podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Obviously, we're going to be talking about noise today. And as I mentioned in the introduction, you had the Ashto Noise Working Group. Tell us a bit, if you would, about what that group is up to, please. We've got about 80 members in the group, which is, uh, I guess it's, it's, it's grown over the years. That's, that's a lot of members. And uh, we have bi-monthly calls. We get about 20 to 25 states per call. And in some cases on these calls, we have guest speakers like Federal Highway or consultants that give presentations. And uh, a couple of months ago, we had a truck noise expert that was really helpful for our group as DOT noise specialists. Common things we talk about are like our recent Q&As, which I'll talk about here in a minute. You know, any regulation changes coming up, any modeling changes coming up. State and national noise research is a hot topic for us. Uh, noise training events, webinars, heavy truck staff noise is a uh, big topic that's of debate recently between researchers and some DOTs. And we also discuss alternative noise mitigation measures other than noise walls. A big topic we talked about was air quality effects from noise walls. We discussed that at length. And another last thing we t- talk about usually is effects of pavement type and variation, how that affects noise and, it's, and it affects it significantly. And uh, we also have this Q&A process and report, report that we do where we, uh, the DOT submits a Q- or question and he gets you know, answers from the group and they have to check the report before submitting the question. So we don't, we're not duplicating questions and answers. So that's, that's a big time saver. We, I had that recently happen where we saved time. Our DOT asked me a question that was asked five years ago. So we didn't have to go through that routine again. So that was a huge time saver. So we've got a Q&A that's over 600 pages dating back to 2010, 255 Q&As on record. And um, it could be a single question, series of questions. It could be a specific project scenario. So we think this is a great resource for us. I think it's going to be great for the new folks coming in, new to the uh, discipline, because we've had um, some people retire recently or leave for a different position. So we've got this research resource to lean on and learn from. And what I'm excited about is there's just an infinite number of questions for this or a Q&A because uh, uh, traffic noise encompasses area planning, 
analysis, public involvement, design, construction, all these phases. So the questions are, they're infinite. So that really is exciting to me. Our, our group is all, we're always sharing information with each other, you know, allowing us to be more efficient and become better at what we do and better serve the taxpayers of our states. So we love that interaction. And the other thing we're doing is we're doing uh, putting together noise announcements. We call them sound bites, like what's going on in each one of our states noise-wise. And we've already done two rounds. We did a round for the ETAP newsletter, we worked with Ashto on that. Our last round we did was in March of 2021. And there was, those are posted on the Ashto website. So thank you Ashto for, for helping us out with that. Also, our group created a couple subgroups. So we've got a, uh, an Ashto terrestrial noise work group that is at, very active and they're pushing through research on terrestrial noise. We hope that goes through and ultimately gets funded. And then we also have an Ashto Inland Waters Hydroacoustics Noise Work Group that was created a few years ago, but hasn't been active. But you know, we have that ability to, to reactivate that group. And then lastly, um, our group is, you know, we're, we're looking for continued collaborations and communications with Federal Highway, the Volpe Center, the TRB Highway Noise Subcommittee called AEP80. Because uh, our group, we want to make sure the DOT voices, interests, our concerns are heard. And we want to help advance the science. We can't do it without working with these groups, and we know that. So ultimately, you know, I mean, we want to help communities' quality of life in the end and uh, save taxpayer dollars. So that's kind of a lot of what we've been doing. Well, sounds like more than enough to uh, keep you busy. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I'm curious. You talked about the number of states that you frequently will have on the monthly calls, up to 28, uh, I think, on one of the most recent calls you had mentioned. Do most state DOTs have someone like you working in their agencies in terms of focusing on noise? Yeah, each DOT has noise specialists, maybe one or two. How, how did you get involved with this? Was that something that you had studied in school and expected to go into, or was something that you found yourself being pulled into and attracted to uh, later on in your career? That's what it was. It was later on in my career uh, when I started with uh, Ohio DOT almost 32 years ago. You know, I got into uh, hazardous materials investigations, did that for about nine years. And then uh, I did a major new project coordination, NEPA coordination for another eight or nine to 10 years. What's funny is uh, the, there are two folks doing the noise work at Ohio and one of them decided to retire and the other one <laughs> decided to t- take another position. So it all hit at once. <laughs> My management came to me and asked me if I was interested in, in uh, taking over the position or, you know, maybe more so just sliding me in there and go ahead and do it, go ahead and go for it. And that's what I did. I think it's worked out well. I've enjoyed the work. It's been very challenging. You mentioned all the things that the working group is involved with. How does what you do in your day-to-day job with Ohio DOT intersect with the work that you're involved with the noise working group? Oh, it intersects a lot day to day. You know, being a coordinator, it does take a bit of my time, but it's very rewarding and it helps me do my job better. Just coordinating the Q&A, learning from the Q&A, the feedback that we get from the group and keeping the Q&A updated, it helps me a lot. And a couple of examples, we had a project, we have a couple of projects where I was dealing with cemeteries and that's, you know, not too common that we got to, we have to deal with those, but it is a noise sensitive area, you know, but at the time, you know, there was a grave concern. I was buried in noise analysis, <laughs> but all jokes aside, you know, I submitted a question asking for help from the group 
and you know, making sure that we're handling the analysis correctly on, on cemeteries and you know, I got feedback and it worked out well, it helped me a lot on dealing with these projects. Another example is uh, auxiliary lanes. I think a lot of states are doing more auxiliary lanes on your projects. So we had one, a unique project where we were doing two separate and distinct auxiliary lanes. Didn't know how to deal with that or didn't know how to scope it. Because a lot of what we do is to determine if a noise analysis is actually required on a transportation project. Sometimes that takes time. So uh, I submitted that Q&A to the group and they helped me tremendously on getting that scoping question answered. Yeah, that was a huge intersection there. So it's the sharing of information that I see from other DOTs as the issues arise. It's, it's really helps me a lot. Other thing is research. You know, we, we bounce research ideas off each other. That helps me as well because in, in Ohio, we have an office of research that is, has a very robust research program. You know, they have a lot of funding that they do for research. So that's great. They've, they've funded a lot of noise research projects for us in the past. That's a big help. And then the, and the last thing is the modeling. As a DOT noise specialist, you've got to know how to do modeling. You've got to know how to review modeling files. So we share modeling questions with each other, the DOTs and within the group. Because modeling, it can get complex and training is required for consultants to do work in, their, in each state. That's a big one, the modeling. I do that daily. Speaking of modeling, in 2020, you reported in an Ashto article on noise and talked about modeling and saying that there was a need to improve modeling. Tell me a bit about how it might be improved and some of the areas that perhaps are lacking that could be improved upon. Yeah, so um, we're looking to improve overall predictions of noise levels as well as reductions of noise levels. And it's, a, it's an ongoing thing right now. The software is being updated. You're currently using TNM 2.5. So there's a TNM, that's the traffic noise model, is the acronym, is being developed and soon to be released. And then you know, there's going to be a training, a big training component to that, I think. That's going to you know, help improve the modeling. And then the, the heavy truck noise and the truck stack noise. We want to ensure that the modeling is, is accounting for heavy truck stack noise accurately. So we hope this, you know, the updated model will do that because, you know, there's a lot of heavy trucks out there. You know, we want to make sure that if the modeling is accounting for heavy trucks accurately, because that's a huge noise source. There is a thought that it, the modeling currently may be too conservative. There may be concern with about over predicting levels right now, as opposed to under predicting. So we want to, we want to get that to where we're not over predicting so much because that leads to, you know, building noise barriers, you know, possibly taller than they need to be. The truck stack noise is, is an issue we're going back and forth on, and, that's, and berms as well, earth berms. We want to be able to model those accurately as well. I don't think we're not there yet, but we're, we want to get that to where it's accurate because what we've found in the field is earth berms reduce noise tremendously. I mean, they're a huge noise abatement alternative, but we can't really use that alternative as much if the modeling isn't matching up with the field measurements. So that's another topic we want to you know, improve on. But so we did, we did get some improvement on the roadway construction aspect, which is there is a new roadway construction noise model out there that Federal Highway has put out called RCNM 2.0. So you know, if you have a huge construction project in the urban area, that program could help a lot as needed. So those are the kind of, kind of issues that we're, we're dealing with right now, modeling-wise. In a previous episode of Ashto's ETAP podcast, we talked about rolling resistance and the noise the tires make as they are going down a roadway. At typical highway speeds, the sounds of the tires against the pavement make up the bulk of the traffic noise. 
Are there tire renovations that are contributing to noise reduction? Yeah, I'm not seeing a, a lot in the way of tire renovations right now. I did read about an acoustically insulated tire that uses a ring of polyurethane foam bonded to the inner liner to quiet the internal noise as well as the external noise, but I've never seen or heard that used. Um, so not seeing a lot of under, other innovations other than that. What we have seen is, you know, you got the tire pavement interaction. We have done a lot of research on the pavement side of things. There's been extensive pavement research relative to noise reductions using OBSI technology, which is onboard sound intensity. So like the Western states have done a lot of work there, like um, Arizona, California, I think Texas has done a lot of work. So, you know, we've been able to you know, understand that the transverse grooved concrete pavement, that's the loudest pavement in the country, loudest pavement in the country. And a lot of states have banned that pavement already. We're longitudinally grooving that pavement out in the direction of the traffic. So that's much quieter. And then there's also innovations in, the, in asphalt demixes because there's, there's, there's differences in asphalt mixes and the differences in the noise levels they create. So a lot, lot of work in that area. For most of us, I would say traffic noise is probably a nuisance, not one that we necessarily have to deal with every day. But there are people who obviously live or work near highways and such and are exposed to it on a much higher level than the majority of folks are. And for some of those folks, they've had studies that indicate that it does present some long-term health issues. What are some of the threats that unmitigated traffic noise can pose to folks who find themselves frequently subjected to highway noise? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen a lot of research papers on the effects of roadway noise on, you know, for example, the cardiovascular system, stress, mental health, physical issues, depression. So some of those studies show that, yeah, there's, there's a link with uh, roadway noise. There, and there's some that show that there's no, there's no major link. For example, there's a study that shows that there's no major link between roadway noise and mental health. So there, there's some of that out there as well. But my experience in Ohio is the DOT specialists, you know, and the DOTs know this, we get the noise complaints from the public, the traffic noise complaints. So we've gotten about 70 complaints this year. So that's about eight a month. So that to me, that's, yeah, that's a lot. And that's probably normal. I mean, so what I've, what I've seen from that is that in Ohio, my experience is, you know, the quality of life, that's a big issue because of the, the roadway noise. Having conversations outside, that's been a big issue. And then the loss of sleep and the sleep disturbances, especially in the nighttime, that's been a big common issue that we've seen because we know the effects of sleep loss and sleep disorders, you know, they're associated with, for example, you know, diabetes, obesity, depression, et cetera. So those are the things that are, you know, an issue. I think the biggest thing is, yeah, the loss of sleep, especially in the, in the nighttime. And the, but then the conversation during the day and the outside is a big nuisance. And then the sirens and the jake breaking, that's, that's a huge complaint we hear about as well. But those are a lot harder to mitigate than the tire pavement noise itself. That's a difficult one. So those are the kind of things I'm, I'm seeing. I suppose one of the most common noise mitigation efforts that the public sees are noise barriers that are built along highways. Are they the most efficient way to reduce harmful noise? It appears so. We've been, noise, we've been building noise walls you know, in this country for decades. I know in Ohio, we built our first noise wall in 1977 in a town called Gahanna, Ohio, near Columbus. 
And we've been doing that ever since. But again, I think I mentioned this earlier, earth berms are very effective at reducing noise as well. But at some point in time, we stopped building berms. I think nationally, we were building berms in the 90s to reduce noise. Because I did some research on this on the Federal Highway Database. But we kind of stopped that a couple decades ago. And we, you know, we kind of stuck with the concrete walls. And I know we do some fiberglass walls here in Ohio as well. I mean, it makes sense. Once they're built, they don't take up a lot of space. And if you need to build it at the top of a slope, you, know, you can't build a berm at the top of a slope. You have to build a wall. So that makes sense. And, you know, it's, it's easy to construct. It doesn't take a lot of space. At this point, it's routine. So it appears to be the most efficient and effective way to reduce noise. For an Ohio community that wanted to get a noise barrier built in their community, what are the ways that they would go about that? And how would they make that request? What evidence do they have to present, if any? We've got two programs where noise walls are born. So the first one is if you have a highway project where you're adding new lanes or you're building a new lane on or new road on new alignment, or if you are moving a roadway closer to a dense community, that triggers a noise analysis, which could trigger a noise barrier for that community. And the other program is where we build noise walls for communities that predate the freeway. So if the community was there before the freeway was built, then they qualify for a noise barrier. And in Ohio, we have an application and petition process that is submitted to ODOT for review and approval. And once that's approved, we can move forward with an analysis to determine if a noise barrier meets criteria because it does have to meet criteria, which is the noise barrier has to cost less than $35,000 per benefited home. You know, that's in Ohio. That's Ohio's number. So that number could be anywhere from 15000 to 50000 So there's a range there. So each state has their own number, but typically noise, you know, the t- community has to be dense, has to be close enough to the freeway to meet their criteria or our criteria. You talked about how the towns would request a noise barrier. I know in the case of aviation for homes, schools that are near airports, they can get federal money from the FAA to noise-proof or at least noise-reduce the home or a school. Does any of that take place when it comes to highway noise? Can there be efforts made to make a house or a school more resistant to noise that's coming from a nearby highway? The regulation allows for that for uh, special land uses like churches or schools, but unfortunately it doesn't allow that for residential. So that's just the federal regulation for highway noise. But yeah, we could help acoustically insulate schools and churches or special land uses such as those. You also had mentioned that first noise wall in Ohio went up, I believe in 1977. In terms of maintenance, do they manage to last a fairly long time? Is that something that has to be repaired or enhanced uh, over the years? Well, that's, that's a great question because that wall was built in 1977, and we haven't touched that wall to this day. So it has withstood the test of time. It was built as a, a fan wall, so it's designed like a fan. We haven't seen any issues with it. There's no degradation, so that's pretty amazing. I think, because we've had some walls that, you know, maybe the material wasn't, it just wasn't sufficient and it deteriorated before we would want it to. Sometimes the older walls last, can last a long time. And in some cases, you know, they, they fail before their time. But our materials we use today, we expect them to last 30, 40 years. Our concrete and our fiberglass materials today, 
we're very confident of our materials today. I imagine one of the ways that they've also improved those walls over the years is visually how they look, not just putting up a wall, but making it somewhat visually attractive for people on both sides of the wall, both those who are passing it by on the highway, as well as those whose property maybe abuts the back of the uh, noise wall. Yes, aesthetics. Uh, ODOT's been doing a lot in that regard. We've got standard colors and textures for each side of the wall. We're all, we've also been doing a lot of icons and logos on the highway sides of the wall. And uh, now we're starting to get into full panel designs and aesthetics. Uh, we're doing some of that in Akron, Ohio right now. And we've done a lot of that in Toledo right now. So if you're in Toledo, drive a 475 corridor on the west side, there's a really nice aesthetics that flow really nicely along that corridor, north and south in the Toledo area. We started our interview talking about the work of the Noise Working Group, what's involved with it. For those folks who are listening to this who would like to get involved, tell me how they might do that, please. Sure. Well, uh, the main folks in the group are the DOT noise specialists, or if you're someone that works on behalf of the DOT for noise work, then uh, we can uh, include you as well. Or if you're a NEPA specialist interested in, you know, noise work, and maybe you're doing some noise reviews in your state, you know, all you have to do is shoot me an email, you know, we'll get you on the list. We'll get you on the bi-monthly calls that we have. You know, we've got a lot of emails going back and forth with information we're sharing all the time, and they would be on that list as well. So uh, it's, it's very simple to get involved. And for someone who wants to drop you an email, give us your email address, if you would, please. Sure. It's uh, N-O-E-L dot A-L-C-A-L-A at D-O-T dot Ohio dot gov. Well, Noel, thank you so much. We've been talking on this episode of Ashto's ETAP podcast with Noel Alcala. He is the noise and air quality coordinator for Ohio DOT, as well as the lead for Ashto's noise working group. Noel? Thanks so much for taking some time out to chat with us. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.